I'm Lane. I'm Craig. And we're two drunk sailors solving all the world's problems. And this is Ungoverned Sales. Enjoy it, you fucking cucks. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, we got a special guest in with us. We're going to be talking about a couple different things. And our, our guest, I would say he's a Republican by uh, trait, but he can tell you more about himself. Thank you for coming in, Ken. It's nice to hear from you. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Oh, I'm fucking dating. So, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. So, yeah, I am a Republican by definition. Um. I don't agree with all the Republican way of thinking, but by the term of the two party system, I would have to follow more with the Republican side. Okay. Gotcha. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> so are, uh, it is what it is. Are you saying that if there was more of a national choice for a different party, you would look at that or. I would look at anything that would more follow my personal beliefs and and uh, lifestyle. Um, I believe in the right to bear arms. I believe the right to to a, to a freedom of choice to a degree. I do not believe in straight out abortion, but I do believe that there are certain circumstances where abortion could be necessity. I believe in the freedom of a religion. I believe if you step on my flag, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Violence um, is occasionally the answer. <laughs> well, you know, there's a thing, you know, for the deep south where Bubba might kick your ass because you're doing something stupid. Um, you know, it's just like I can call you guys squids because I'm a squid. I can call a jarhead a jarhead because I'm a squid. Um, some of these nuts, you know, Pelosi and those type of assholes think that they're entitled to degrade me because I'm a veteran yeah. or that I served in, in the Persian Gulf or Somalia or in those types of environments. Well, they haven't earned that right to open their mouth to me. They're a bunch of cowards that have never served. Grab a weapon, stand a post. Or shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're saying you'd like a little more uh, backbone from from today's leadership instead of people that have earned their way by uh, by kissing ass and getting a degree, but not actually being people who have gone through the ringer to get to that spot. Um, I think to be commander in chief, you should have had to have served. Really? So. Oh, I totally believe that. I believe everyone should have to serve in the military at least two years. Okay. There is a job for everyone. And and and, and this includes those with, with mental disabled, disabilities. There are jobs in the military for everyone. The military is nothing more than a socialist country <laughs> run, run for the betterment of the world. Yeah. I mean. That's true. So Where else do you have no rights? Yeah. So something that, that uh, Israel does that I think is actually kind of interesting is it, a, a lot of people talk about how uh, Israeli people have to serve uh, two years of kind of an indentured servitude of sorts in the military. But did you know that it's actually not just the military? So it's two years of some sort of public service. 
So some of them do like, uh, like they'll, they'll be on like research committees or they'll do law enforcement or firefighting or things of that nature. So, so I guess, I guess in my mind, if you were going to make some sort of mandatory service to your country, I, I think that would be a, uh, a pretty reasonable way to go about it that way. You know, regardless of what career you decide to pursue after that, you at least have a taste of what it's like to be on the front lines to act to actually serve your country from the bottom up. Oh, I agree. I so, would agree with that just because there are some people, even in the military, if you put them overseas, they don't do well mentally. Yeah. Definitely. So I would definitely say that doing public service as well would also be helpful if you were going to make that kind of mandate. Mm-hmm. Well, this is true. But, you know, you think, you think about the military bases around the United States and not just Navy, which is the best branch of the military, but, of course, um, you know, there's a reason that there's – Navy is second, Army is first. God screwed up the Army, so he made the Navy. And then we have the boys section that comes after us. But <laughs> just my personal opinion on that. But there are things on the base, such as laundry, uh, parking lot details, garbage details, um, firefighting details, building maintenance. There are plenty of jobs on a military base that should go to American citizens and not these foreign assholes that we have working on our bases. You know, I've been on both coasts. And I know each one of you is on a different coast. I've served in San Diego. I've served in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, I will say this unequivocally. Wow. There are too many Filipinos running our military. (laughs) Did you guys, uh, did you guys have a Filipino mafia when when you were in? Is that that a thing? Oh God, yes. Um, and, and 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 as much as I love General Del- Douglas MacArthur, it's his fault because of what he did to the Philippines. He felt we he owed the Philippines for his mistakes. Yeah, that was that was kind of a uh, complicated situation, for sure, though. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Lucas? On the small boys, do you guys uh you guys have a Filipino mafia? Where if, at least for us, it's uh they they pretty much run supply department. Don't ask me why. Uh, the only the only thing I know is like a lot of them do uh like an indentured service to the military for like four years or whatever to gain citizenship in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the Philippines is like the only country that has that deal work out. I actually think Puerto Rico has that too, where they become like a full on citizen after serving their four years or whatever. Uh, and that seems to be like a really big thing in the Filipino community is to join the supply department because they can't have a secret clearance yet because they don't uh, they don't have citizenship. So they can't be background checked. But it's kind of like they're in to become citizens of the country. Right. Um, so on the small boys I've been on, we've only had one Filipino. Really? Yeah. Other than that, they were mostly white or black. Definitely seems to be a lot of the white and black culture in there. 
uh, one thing I noticed too is, uh, wh what do you think about like the class structure of people that join? I know this isn't really on our topic today, but we just kind of, I guess, going with the flow of the conversation here. Do you, have you noticed that like, that at least for me, like a lot of the people that I work with are white and black people and people of different ethnicities, but regardless, we all come from middle class to lower middle class. There's not too many super poor and there's because they tend to be very hostile towards the government. And there's not, I, I haven't met hardly any kids that come from wealthy families in the military. No, um, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. I mean, I think I've met maybe a, a dozen people that came from wealthy families and you can point, you can, they stick out so bad in the military. <laughs> we had no my A school and he's from like Tennessee or something. And his family, they were real, really, really wealthy. And you could tell the way he dressed when he wasn't in uniform, the way he acted when he was in uniform, just yeah. like when me and you talk, uh, we'll talk about trucks or hunting or stuff like that. He was talking about yacht parties and lake houses. And, and it was like a whole nother lifestyle that most of y'all aren't familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you, and he didn't have many, very many friends because his way of life didn't really connect with a lot of people. Yeah. So what about you, Ken? When you were in, uh, what was the class structure? Uh, obviously, it was as integrated, but yeah. It was mostly middle class. Um, I mean, I hang, I hung out with, uh, I hung out with Lieutenant JG a lot on my uh, first boat. We like to go out drinking together. Yeah. Uh, my last boat, I hung out with the LPO a lot. So. We, uh, I was brought up in the Navy. So, I mean, I remember signs in, in Norfolk, Virginia that said, saw dogs, sailors, niggers keep off the grass. Yeah. I mean, those, those signs were in Norfolk, Virginia in the 1970s. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> it, it is, it is. Um, but Admiral Zumwald, which is well before you boys time, uh, and, I mean, I, I remember him as being only as a child, but Admiral Zumwalt and his wife did a lot to change the culture of the Navy because there used to be a club on base at lunchtime. Lunch started at, at 1000 and went to 1400 if you were on the base. And there were strippers in the club and the beer flowed pretty freely and women were not allowed in that club. That was 1970, 1971. And Admiral Zumwalt's wife changed that. So, I mean, the culture has changed in the military where you didn't have a lot of well-to-do in the military unless they were officers. Yeah. Um, and some of the officers would be outcast if they were not, you know, from the higher-browed schools. You know, if you came from a, a Northwestern back in the, 80s 80s and 90s you were looked down upon if you didn't come from you know the academy or a harvard or ohio state or that up north school um the big schools so those things definitely are were the part of the culture but 
you know, we didn't have the race issues during my enlistment, you know, that, that you guys have today or that, you know, my dad had when he was in, um, you know, talking to, and, and this is some of the, probably the best advice I can give anybody that's a veteran is go to your VFWs or your American legions and, you know, sit and talk to these old guys from, you know, Vietnam or Korea that's still alive. Yeah. And here's some of the horror stories. Um, when uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated and uh, they were overseas, they seg segregated the blacks and the whites quickly. They put them in two separate camps and put guards outside of each camp. Really? Because they're, oh yeah, because they're race riots. And that was in Vietnam. Because the blacks would not go out in the jungle right after that uh, and do do patrols because they were afraid they were going to get shot in the back. Damn. So, what? So you know, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, fine. man. So there was a, I know it's a, a fictional movie, but um, uh, it's called The Five Bloods. It's on Netflix, and it covers it covers that about when um, Martin Luther King was shot and. So it's a group of five blacks and they lose their mind over it. And they, they almost went AWOL and um, became anarchist towards the, the American government because of the, the shooting. I mean, I, I guess I, I get where they're coming from. They're over there and they, they feel like, you know, and, and the, the justifying aspect of going over, and being in a war and fighting another country is that you feel like you're defending your freedoms and, and your democracy back home. Right. And they feel right. like they weren't getting properly represented back home. I'm like, what the fuck are you fighting for? If you're not fighting for those two things. Right. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, there's, I love listening to the old guys chat and talk and, you know, you sit down and you have a beer with them and, um, they they can tell you some real stories. Yeah, no doubt. It but seems you, like. Go ahead. No, I was just saying every every time I I go over to we got an American Legion back in my hometown, and it seems like every time I go in there, uh, you know, all the all the old guys that are regulars there, they always get excited every time I come in. They're like, "Tell us about your stories," and I'm like, "I have nothing compared to what." You <laughs> what you guys have gone through You're like i ain't, i ain't done shit right i've deployed you know I, i've been around the world i've seen some shit for sure you know we've gotten into uh debacles out there but nothing compared to what a lot of those older guys have been through been through the korean war and shit like that well you know if you look at at uh, the uh, shit storm that we've got in dc now and the secretary of defense they've got that he's putting in the place that's been sworn in, I guess now. Um, it could be interesting in what our our military faces today, because the Democrats are known for destroying our our government, our military, but the new Secretary of Defense is a chairman from a defense contract company. Yeah. Ed. Radon is a huge, huge they make nuclear missiles. Oh yeah, they're they're a monster in the uh in the private industry. 
for sure. Uh, I, I was not excited to see that because it to me it makes absolutely no sense for the person who's going to be you know uh, whispering in the president's ear whether or not we should go to war to be somebody that's going to profit most from war, you know. Oh, exactly. Being a chairman of Raytheon, exactly. that that's insane. That's insane. But I I don't understand the logic behind that pick, but I I hope that I hope that he puts aside his, uh, his personal gain from what, it, what morally he should actually be doing with this job. And if you remember correctly, General Mattis got a lot of backlash because he had worked with some of these defense uh, companies before he yeah. taking taken the de- uh, Secretary of Defense job. And he For sure. explained, hey, I can differentiate this and this but he still got so much backlash, but you haven't heard a whole lot of backlash on this choice. Oh no. Cause he's a black dude. So, so automatically, automatically because he is a person of color and Biden's most colorful cabinet, nobody is willing to question the choices of people that he's picked. Oh. It's, it's like, it's like, that's a get out of jail free card, which is counterintuitive to the whole point of him choosing a, a person of color. You know, they're supposed to be like the most outstanding of their community because they've, you know, they've been able to skyrocket out of out of coming from w- whether it be poverty situations or oppression or whatever. They should be some of your most outstanding citizens. But it seems like he's picked like some of the some of the craziest to represent. And I think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have kind of picked the cabinet and done it to where people won't question it. Definitely, because go ahead. But Joe and the but Joe and the whole are not supposed to be using uh, gender and or race. You're right. According according to their new guidelines, um, gender and race do not exist. We're all eunuchs. <laughs> Might as well. well and, and, that was, and that was and that was the speaker of the house put out. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you hear the whole uh, a man and a woman thing? I guess apparently uh, gender has no role whatsoever. No, gender has no role. So uh, Kamala Harris, it doesn't matter that she's a female. So I don't know why everybody's excited about what they they should be embarrassed that she got the job because she's got good knee pads. <laughs> You know, her first job she got because of her extramarital affair with a married man in San Francisco. Yeah. That's how she got her first job. So, you know, I'll call it like it is. I don't care. What are they going to do? No, it's, me? it's, take a, good thing. it's take a good thing they're calling product? it like it is because I feel like not enough people do that. And they, they automatically chalk up people that do call it like it is as, as if you're like, I don't know, a, a bigot or you're, you're, you're closed minded or whatever. When, it, you know, it, it should be, it should be actually the Democrats who are calling out their people more than anybody because you should expect better from your party. You're supposed to be the party of morals, right? And of, uh, I, I don't know, it just seems like they're completely counterintuitive. You know, they, they started as the party of the working class. Yeah. But the Democrats are the ones that started the KKK. They're the ones that 
did not want to abolish slavery. But Joe Biden is the one that taxes Social Security. Um, he, he takes a well-deserving admiral out of the uh, job of Surgeon General to put in a mentally unstable, apparently, person as Surgeon General. Yeah, that was definitely a uh, a choice of gaining clout as opposed to choosing somebody who is most qualified for the position. I understand said person is a doctorate and has done many studies on health and well-being, but that doesn't mean that j- just because they have accomplished something in that field doesn't mean that they're the most qualified person for that position on a federal level. Oh, yeah. Most qualified doesn't matter because look at the vice president, the Joe Biden said he was going to put a woman of color in that position before he was even nominated. Yeah. Didn't matter if the most qualified, it was woman of color. Well, hell, Aunt Jemima was a woman of color and she's probably better qualified than Kamala Harris. <laughs> at least not crooked. <laughs> but at least she made the damn good pancakes. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was really strange that he picked her. I, I I understand why he said he was going to pick a woman of color. I don't understand why that was his baseline, but I get why he did it to appeal to a certain crowd. Uh, and it, it was a smart political move, but picking her still to this day blows my fucking mind because she's completely, first of all, she's the opposite of progressive. If you follow all, all of like her uh, like her rulings and proceedings whenever she was law enforcement out in California, it, she she was a few different she was a few different uh, positions from prosecutor to district attorney and stuff like that. Uh, but when, whenever she was, she was very negative towards the black community and poor people. So, like, it's completely counterintuitive to what she is supposed to be representing as the woman of color that Biden picked. And even whenever they were they were fighting each other, whenever they were in uh, the Democrat, the, the race for candidacy, uh, he he called out her politics on repeat on that on the stage. And she called him a racist. So why would she even if she's so pro black, why would she want to serve under him? Well, First of all, she's not black. She's Jamaican and Indian, not not feather. Um, so she was born October twentieth of nineteen sixty something, fifty something. She uh, she's put more blacks in jail than any other DA in California or AG in California. Joe Biden's the one that rewrote the Prison Reform Act. To that made it harder on blacks in general. So uh, the democratic party is not the party of the people. It's the party of do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, what's frustrating to me coming from a democratic background is I don't believe that that's the intentions of the party. I do legitimately believe that it used, it was supposed to be a party of the people. It's just for some reason, old good old bureaucracy reared its evil head, and it somehow, like some of the worst people in our country, some of the worst people at the top level, at the top one percent, 
have worked their way into be, being fucking party of the people. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, so I mean, that was a huge reason why I jumped ship from that. Well, the 22nd Amendment, 1947, was written by Congress and passed by the Congress and the Senate to limit the president's power to two, 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 two terms. Damn. But you got to stop. Doing they don't want to, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get me another one here in just a second. There you go. Um, but they didn't want to limit their own power. Right. I mean, Joe Biden's been in, in Washington, D.C. for 47 years. Uh, what's that crow's name that's the Speaker of the House? Pelosi? Yeah. What's she been for, 50 years? I don't know. Probably 100 or 120. I mean, it. I, mean, I don't want to just bash Democrats because the Bem- Democrats do have some good ideas, and so do the Republicans. But you have the far-leaning either way. Yeah. You know, the, squeaky, the squeakiest wheel gets the most grease. No doubt. Well, somebody needs to bitch slap AOC and tell her to get her ass in her chair and go back to waiting the fucking tables. <laughs> um, you know, I like the idea of everybody getting a free college. Get your ass in the military. We'll pay for it. That's how we do it. Um, technology. I mean, that's something we, we've talked about in the past. Technology. There is no reason why. Microsoft and Google have all this power. Mm-hmm. They have all they have all this power because, you know, they're friends with, you know, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Donald Trump or somebody who has the power on the political yeah. side. Yeah, I mean Donald Trump was the greatest person since sliced bread to the Democrats till he ran as a Republican. Right. I mean. Karen Johnson, which is a.k.a. Whoopi Goldberg because she didn't want her slave name. Um, her and, and Donald Trump were great friends. President Trump and her were friends up until he ran for president of the United States. Exactly. And then they, they turned code on him the second that he decided to run, which is hilarious to me. Because to me, that's a, if, if you're going to sit here and say that this person's such a terrible human being and that they're a bigot and that they don't care about the working class, but yet we've got all these pictures and all this evidence that you were very close to them. To me, that doesn't say that you've renounced your friendship. To me, that says you're a fucking shady person, too. And now that they're out there publicly being shady, you're trying to back away from them and put some distance. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not a her. I mean, I, I think Trump did some really great things for our country. Um, I know people that, you know, live and die by whatever Trump says. Uh, I've called Trump a liar a few times. I think he's full of shit on some things. <laughs> but, uh, I think mm-hmm. what he did for our country was good. Um, he, he tried to maintain some of the status quo. And the only reason Donald Trump became president was because he, tr- he chose a diehard Republican as his running mate. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pence was a good like, move if you want the, if you want the base to follow you for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. My mother-in-law is a pro-Republican out and out, and she lives and dies red. Yeah. So, um, I get that. Um, but I think people forget January sixth was not a Donald Trump move. No, I don't think he expected it to get that far at all. 
because I, I totally agree with going to the Capitol. Um, and I think you should gawk in the Capitol and you should have, they said, should have set their happy asses down in the rotunda, locked arms, looked at the Capitol police and said, fuck you. We're not leaving. We want to see that little short bitch out here so we can tell her our grievances. Yeah. You, you don't go in her office. There's national security secrets in her office. And she should have known in her office to sensitize her office. This, yeah, especially when things first started getting out of hand. Because, I mean, we're told on a boat, if that boat is sinking, you go in, you bust up that secret shit first. So how okay. how is she not held to the same standard as an E2 in the military? Oh, yeah, and the things well, that are required of us when we leave our workstation, if we're working with sensitive material, you have to lock everything away. You have to log out of your computer. Make sure your computer cannot be uh, accessed stuff to where if something happens people can't just readily grab a piece of paper that says hey we're going to go here, here here this is where we're going to be here the the pop drop again isn't held to the same standard but she is um able to get more information more sensitive information than you i or the normal military yeah I mean, this is this is the, just recycling the same fucking garbage rhetoric that keeps happening, dude. It's the same thing. I'm I'm not even going to go into the conversation of Hillary Clinton, but it's the same fucking situation that happened with her, and and nothing gets done about it. Nobody gets held accountable on their end for it. Obviously, they weren't the one. Well, for Nancy Pelosi specifically, she wasn't the one who caused the situation, but her response to it was not appropriate either. Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I may truly be on this one, the FBI was notified that Antifa was going to pull this move prior to January 6th. So Capitol Hill, Capitol Police were also notified by the FBI that this could happen, but they ran the same number of staff as they would for any other non-day, non demonstration day yeah i i don't know if i I've, I've heard the rhetoric about antifa being part of this and i don't know that i necessarily bite into that but i definitely have came to notice and i mean even in like the small groups that me and lucas are in we were very aware that this was happening like it was it was no fucking secret if you are not pro current government governing body in any way, shape, or form, this was made very apparent that this was going to be happening soon. So regardless of who caused it, what the base was, what the ideals were, everybody and their fucking mother knew that 500 million people were going to, or 500 million, 500,000 people were going to be there. Everybody knew it, regardless of who caused it. I had friends there. And if yeah. I had been closer and, and had the, the, um, uh wherewithal i would have been there uh i believe that the capital is our house we are entitled to entry into that house under the bill of rights under the declaration of independence i have the ability at any time to go there the government does not have or is afforded anywhere in the bill of rights or the constitution to keep me out of that building yeah Oh, no, trust me, it, it's, it's been insane 
in D.C. I, you know, I, I'm supposed to tell you right now, I did not go to D.C. last weekend uh, to observe what was going on before the inauguration. But it, let's say if I had, wink, wink, um, they, they had eight blocks in any direction away from Capitol Square blocked off. You couldn't even see the Capitol building unless you were like on one of the, the higher up streets, right? And even then, everything was blocked off around it. They had gates around it. And then behind those gates, they had like dump trucks and shit like that so that people couldn't drive their vehicles through those gates and shit. They locked that place down like Fort Knox. And I, it, it's cr- fucking crazy to me. I understand if you want to have an increased military or police presence there because you feel that there's a threat. That makes sense. But how the hell can you tell me that during a huge shift in our country that I'm not allowed to go to the place where a large chunk of my taxes are just automatically forfeited to? Well, answer me this, if you would, sir. How do we put National Guardsmen to protect the Capitol? They do not, they are not federalized. How do we do that? That is not their job. Their job is to to protect the state. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ask me about that one, but that that was going to be another big uh, talking point that I was going to get into here. Uh, Yeah, it was like between 20 and 25,000 troops that they sent in there. I, I don't know why, but places like like Indiana, where I'm from, they sent 800 troops. Fucking why? Why are those 800 troops not going to our, our capital? That's what you're hired for. That's what my state taxes pay for, is for you to protect my state and my state's capital. What are you well, doing in D.C.? This, get, this one gets kind of hairy because, you know, the oath that we three of us took, it says to defend all, ter- all enemies, foreign and domestic. How do you pick who's the enemy? We is don't it who they tell you? Yeah. Well, is it who they tell you? But you, you know, we're not we're not Marines. We we actually have a, a thought. We have a <laughs> choice. Yeah, for thought. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't mean it in a bad way. I really don't. Marines are are. I mean, the basic training that you two went through is not the same as the basic training that I went through. It's not the basic. Uh, mine is not the same as what my dad went through. They have oh, done no. it so much. So much. So. Yeah, it kind of seems like it's a joke today. I, I was watching videos on uh, on Space Force's basic training that they go through, and it, that shit's hilarious. It's so funny. It's, uh, you you got to look it up. It's on YouTube. Vice News covered it. And yeah. I'm not really necessarily a big fan of Vice, but they do find some funny shit to, uh, <laughs> to, to post on there. And they were, they were talking about the Space Force. And it's that whole shit's a joke. It's take everything that, like, the stereotypical jokes about the Air Force and Navy boot camps, right? And yeah. then just make it reality. Like all the all the jokes that they are overzealous about about how a bit like our guys get like uh, stress cards and stuff like that. If they're if they're stressed out to the point where they think that it's going to emotionally harm them, they can pause it. And like it, obviously, it's not really like that in the Navy boot camp, but legitimately, the Air Force boot camps like that, <laughs> or the uh, Space Force one. Well, it's pretty funny. Um, 
I've been back to basic training since I was, since I went through in the late eighties uh, and laughed at how it's changed. When I went through, we were in world war II barracks in the great mistakes of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of December, Christmas day, I was given a soup spoon and told to go shovel the walks. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it was a mental thing to keep, to get me pissed off at my, company commander so i wasn't thinking about being home at christmas got it made made sense i mean i was older when i went through anyways i was 21 22 when i went through but yeah i wish i was uh it made a difference but you know seeing what you guys went through when when you guys well yeah about when you guys went through through basic um our our exchange was about the size of a head three people could go in and we you know we didn't have cell phones you had to write letters we didn't have email you know the technology of today i got hit in the head with an m1 because i opened my mouth you know god we, damn <laughs> that's very we, we we have grown and this is not just military we have steadily and and grown a group of next generation they're a bunch of fucking pussies. I mean, I need I need a dog to ride on an airplane with me because I might get scared. <clears throat> God damn, they do sell alcohol on the bird. Just have a beer or have a shot and sit back and relax. <laughs> Craig, didn't that what you did when you came back from overseas? You had a couple drinks mm -hmm. and just chilled? Well, see, that's, you know... I, I remember when we used to smoke on airplanes. So, see, that's kind of crazy to me. I, I've actually, I'm actually, uh, I'm pretty progressive when it comes to the smoking thing because obviously they, they they've done several studies at this point and they know that it does have carcinogens and it causes it can cause cancer and shit like that. And I'm all I'm all on board with anybody over the age of 18 being able to do whatever the fuck they want, right? Exactly. But, now, now I, I do co comprehend the concept of secondhand smoke and how that can be harmful to people who did not choose that, you know? So, so I am actually pretty progressive about that. Uh, then don't breathe when I'm smoking. <laughs> I just look at breath while I smoke. It only takes me about five minutes. No. <laughs> just you stick know. a snorkel out the fucking plane. It'll be fun. You know, I smoked for 35 years, and then I came down with colon cancer. Then I had lung cancer. I had four heart attacks. So, yeah, cigarettes cause cancer. Cigarette cause heart issues. Yeah, I made geez. a choice. But I made a choice, and I recognize that choice. I don't blame anybody for that. I did it my damn self. Yeah. But, you know, but when, when I'm sitting off the coast of Iraq and Iran in that little fucking desert hole and wearing a mop suit for three fucking days, because some idiot wants to, you know, try and bomb us. Yeah, you gonna need that smoke. <laughs> I, learned, I learned how to smoke through a gas mask while you're bullshit. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, no, I, I smoke too. I'm not. I'm not gonna get up on a high horse and act like I, I don't or that I'm better than these people. I, I just, uh, I've become more understanding of the fact that like, uh, you shouldn't smoke with your kids in the car and shit like that because like. Though you may be cool with it, your six-year-old kid may not be. You know, he can fuck it up too. He did. He dealt with <laughs> it. He understood it. 
I grew up with it too. I'm not I'm not saying I didn't. I mean, I I don't know. So personally, no. I don't smoke around my child, but that's mostly because of my wife. But at the same token, I mean, I understand the they don't have well, especially at her age, she's one and can't tell me to go fuck myself. But yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna. But it's also changed. I mean, if I was in my parents' shoes, I probably would have smoked too because it was a different lifestyle. Where now we have studies, we we see all of these issues people are having, and they've linked it to smoking. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a car seat when I was growing up. <laughs> my car seat was, you know, my car seat was my mom's arm or my dad's arm, or you know, and I hung yeah. out in the back window of the car. And but I, I mean, times change, and I get that, and and I'm glad the times have changed. I mean, my kids have learned from my mistakes, and I try to try to continue to to teach them from my mistakes. But it's right. not, it's not. Some of my mistakes you cannot learn from because of the times have changed. Um, technology. I mean, I've got to get my 20-year-old son to come over and hook up a DVD player to my television through my cable box so I can play my videos. I mean, like, what the fuck? Whatever happens to three, three channels and go stand by the antenna and move the ears, man. So, so on the topics of technology. I'm sorry. How do you guys feel about yeah. Joe Biden's movement and the workforce moving towards uh, technology instead of industrial? I'll let you tackle that first, Ken. Um, college education is not worth the paper it's written on. Um. Lane, where did you go to college? Uh, I did a couple years at a satellite camp. Well, not even a couple years. I failed out at the end of my first year at a satellite campus in uh, of Purdue. Okay. I won't say specifically where, but I went there and I did a shit show job and I realized that everything that they were teaching us was a fucking joke and it didn't actually relate to the job that I would probably be doing. Lane, uh, where'd you go? So, Craig, where'd you go? To a where'd Greg small... go? college in northwest ohio often and i went for sports medicine and the issue i ran into i went for hell, a semester or a year somewhere around there and i got bored it I was it wasn't for me it was all computer work it was all learning from a book and i'm not a person to sit and just read a book to learn something i gotta be up and doing it Oh yeah. Okay. My college was uh, USS Neversail. That was my first education of real life. I went from small town Ohio of twenty eight thousand people to Great Lakes. From there, I went to San Diego, California, for my A school, where I started with uh, one black kid in my school when I graduated, who was. I didn't know he was black when we first hung out together. I just thought he was another kid. So I get to California and in the Navy and learning that, oh, wow, attitude. But our schools are different. 
because I learned in Abu Dhabi and Bahrain and and uh, Cartagena, Colombia, and you know Norfolk, Virginia, San Diego, Cal. Those were my schools, and those were the best damn schools I went to because I learned people. I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to communicate to different races, different ethnic groups. I got a picture of me in one of my photo albums when I was in Bahrain with a terrorist. Didn't know he was a terrorist until I got the pictures back and the chief looks at him and he says, hey, the hell are you doing taking pictures with a terrorist? I'm like, oh, chief, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you can tell by the headdress. I'm like, well, that wasn't in our briefing there, chief. He's like, well, I guess there's something we just learned we need to put in our briefings. <laughs> so they had like like certain headdresses represented like what what oh, yeah. factions they were with or whatever. Oh yes, and this. Oh yeah. Okay. Gee, I didn't know that shit. Well, they don't want to put that out because they put they try to make those uh, kings and princes and all uh, up to do, and half of them are fucking terrorists. <laughs> You're referring to uh, specifically the Saudi dynasty. What do you, Craig? You you can talk better on well, that right so now. When I was in Bahrain, the Sunnis were in power, and they wore all white headdresses. All white. the Shiites, which were uh, quote unquote the terrorist group who were wanting to overthrow the government in Bahrain, they wore, like he said, a different headdress. They were red and white, easy to pick out, and most of them. If you if you talk to each different one, they had very similar beliefs, and it was it was weird because you could talk to each one of them, but if both were together, they were instantly pissed off at each other just because of the head. But if they had sat there and talked, they'd realize how similar they are, and we have the same issue here. It seems goofy, but. I, I think we have literally the same, like, like you were saying, the same same thing goes on here, especially with like uh, my biggest one that I always relay it back to is poor black people and poor white people. Like we we all we come from very similar cultures, and I don't think either group wants to admit that. Poor is poor. Yeah, poor don't <laughs> poor don't see color. Like you know, yeah. if you're hungry, you're hungry. Yeah, ketchup soup still ketchup soup. Right. So, but I mean, that's the point I'm trying to make is the, the differences between our countries and it doesn't matter which country we're talking about other than the fact we could be talking about Adolf Hitler. That one was a little different, but <laughs> the current countries with the exception right now of Russia and North Korea and probably China, because I got a feeling China's hiding more than I've really been able to find out. Um, we're, we're all pretty similar. We all have pretty much the same thing. We all want to live in that normal harmony of leave me the fuck alone. Let me live my life, do my thing. I'll pay my taxes. I'll give you what you need, but get off my back. Don't, you know, quit trying to choke me out. Yeah. yeah. So just my two cents on that topic. I definitely get it. It, uh, it, it always throws me for a loop how, like, well, when I was in other countries, it would throw me for a loop how kind of like us, the people were there. Like, I don't know why, but just growing up, 
I don't know if it's the way we're taught, the way we're raised or what. It's, it's almost like we, we alienate these people to be like complete different people from us. Like just because their culture is a little bit different, that they are different. But I was on the other side of the world with people that didn't speak my language and their culture is exactly the same. Even if their government's different, their language is different, their culture is different. The people aspect are still the same. You can still smile in any language. Yeah, exactly. Or or get angry in any language. I mean, when I was in Bahrain, <laughs> one of the dudes I used to go drinking with on a regular basis, he was a he was in charge of immigration for Bahrain. So he was higher up in in terms of the Bahraini government. But we still had this. We would talk sports. We would talk cars. We would talk women. We'd talk beer. It didn't matter that he he made millions of dollars. Craig, where'd you go? Hello. I think we may have lost. All right. Uh, for some reason, we cut out there. I guess because Lucas's ghetto ass, bum ass connection cut out on him or something. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna go into our next topic here. We're gonna talk about how the Democrats are uh, calling everybody that they can domestic terrorists because they uh, because they don't like us and their feelings are hurt. Somebody's butt hurt. Okay. Well, yeah. It's fucking snow melts. <laughs> Uh, but the, the big thing I was going to talk about is how, do, do you guys think that this is going to spiral out of control? Because I saw in the summertime, uh, Republicans were trying to get the concept of calling like BLM and Antifa and stuff like that. They wanted to call them domestic terrorists and it, it kind of went through and it kind of got pushed back. Uh, but this time it, it's really starting to take off where it's not even just the people who stormed into the Capitol. They're calling anybody that is calling for replacement of the current governing body and stuff like that. They're, they're calling them all domestic terrorists. They're just throwing that label around. What, what do you guys think about that? And do you think it's going to be, it's, do you think it's going to be spiraling uh, to where the Republicans are going to use it back? And then the Democrats are going to just, label all the Republicans uh, so I think I think part of the issue with that is the Democrats have kind of reached the the new generation of voters and uh, you see a lot more Democrats that are around our age between 20 and 35 where they have they have Facebook Instagram Twitter are more outspoken on those where the Republicans, are more of the older society you're looking at 35 and up or a small fraction of uh, people that are taking their parents beliefs so with the republicans it didn't work as well because you don't have the same reach you have people who are talking to themselves you have people who are like writing stuff about it but it doesn't get out like the the politicians the to the, the actors yeah. the actresses all these people that have a widespread like the lebron james he could go out and say the the grass is blue and the sky is green and people would start to believe it because he is 
a celebrity. <clears throat> so I think with that, the Democrats are doing doing it better, having a better reach for that simple fact. And I, th- and I think that the Republicans are yeah. going to fire back, maybe not right at first, just because their their balloons kind of been deflated, kind of been popped. They don't have a whole lot of wind behind their sail, so to speak. Definitely. They got to lick their wounds <laughs> so first. I think the Republicans are going to come up with a a new game plan, try and find a uh, like a golden child that they can use to push their own agenda. And once they do that, then they're going to start firing back with yeah. BLM is a domestic terrorist, Antifa is, and all these other these left wing groups are they're all terrorists. So I that that's my two cents on that subject. So. I think it's going to take probably right when the next election starts to take off and they start campaigning. Well, um, wow. I got to trying to tread kind of lightly on this one because I have some really strong feelings on this. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I think LeBron James is a piece of crap. I think uh, he's uh, he's paid to do something, which is dribble a ball and put it through a cylinder. Do that. Shut up. Do your job. That's what you get paid for. Nothing else. I don't get. I don't want to hear you talk about Sprite. I don't want to hear you talking about whatever. Uh, if you're an actor or an actress or a comedian or comedian, whatever, you're paid to do a job. Shut up and do it. If you're a politician or a talking head, that's what you're paid to do. You're paid to do that job. You all work for us. I've got a friend that is a doctor. Yeah. Um, he's a good doctor. And he and I have been friends for a long time. And I, he was late for an appointment one time. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you what. I understand that things happen. And I understand that all these problems are not your fault. But you're the one that the buck stops at. And the next time you're an hour late for an appointment with me, I'm going to send you a fucking bill. My time is just as important as yours. You work for me. I don't work for you. That's the way with these politicians. They work for us. Um, they seem well, they to forget do. that sometimes. I guess. Go ahead. I guess my counter to the the, the whole uh, I, I'm completely on board with you about the politician thing. My my counter to the, to the LeBron James thing is you say kind of kind of stay in your own lane. But how do you feel about like? let's say a plumber who has issues with the current governing body and who steps up and tries to influence, you know, some of their, some of the people in the, in the plumbing community or people that they work with or that they work for. Uh, it, do, do you think that they shouldn't no. be able to stand out? No, I think they should be able to say things in their own domicile or gender. However, if it's a basketball team, talk to the basketball players. If it's a plumber's union, talk to the plumber's union. If it's a bunch of squids, talk to the squids. Um, that's fine. I mean, there are platforms to talk on, but just because you're a pro whatever, athlete, race car driver, doesn't give you more credence than anybody else. Yeah. There's a – Okay, I, I get what you're saying. You're saying, you're saying he has – just because he has – 
a couple million uh, Twitter followers doesn't mean that his opinion should have or carry any more exactly. weight than the plumber. Exactly. Just like the just like President Trump okay. should never have been taken off of Twitter, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, if you don't like it, don't follow it. I do not follow LeBron James. Yeah. I'm yeah, I actually completely agree with that. Uh, I think I think taking him off of Twitter was like the most counterproductive thing they could have done because now what's going to happen is you you think they're going to not find a way to to hear what he's got to say? No. Now it's going to go underground and now you're not going to it's not going to be public eye where people can counter their shit or where people can fact check him or say what they want to say back. Now you have uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the term can mm-hmm. uh, echo chambers. Uh, where where there there's no healthy feedback to people saying shit. It's just repeating the same thing to the point where you you turn a concept into a reality, and it, it that's not healthy in any aspect, regardless of your political beliefs. To be in an echo chamber yeah. is not a healthy thing because every idea you should you have should be challenged at um, some point and, to either solidify and, uh, or justify. Berlin, Germany, in 1939 was an echo chamber. So, uh, yeah. December seventh, nineteen forty-three, a imperial Japanese admiral made a comment, which I fully believe that there's some Democrats that made this comment on uh, whatever day the new administration was sworn in. Is I think we've woke a sleeping giant. I think uh, the Democrats realized they pissed off a whole group of people, not necessarily Trumpsters. Because the Trumpsters were going to be pissed off here regardless. But there's people that that are pissed that aren't Trumpers. There's people that are pissed that will find a way to make the Democrats pay. Right. Definitely. And I think a lot of people are seeing a huge problem to that. Not necessarily because they are siding with the Trumpsters or their ideals, but more along the lines of like, it's, it's a hypocritical as hell for the American government to be telling people, if you are publicly speaking out against the current governing body, that we're going to silence you on a broad scale. That, that, I mean, that's completely hypocritical to the entire concept of what this country was originally intended to be and what we expect for it to be. We always talk about being land of the free. That's not very fucking well, free. Well, the United States is not a free society. We're free to a point. So uh, as much as we like to think we're a free society, we're not. I mean, no. you two are indentured servants. I don't think that many are, though. You, you two are indentured servants, whether you want to admit it or not. And I was, too. I mean, I signed that contract. I understood what I was doing. Um. I wasn't as dumb as one of you that did it again, but you know. Um, <laughs> Yikes! Somebody. Right. We all have to pay for our freedoms to, to a degree, and I'm thankful that you two stepped up and wrote that check. That you're willing to die for this country for somebody else's freedom. Now we've got those pussies in Congress, AOC, um, you know. Senator Bernie Sanders in the Senate that's a communist bastard um, that have never served and won everything for free. Nancy Pelosi that ain't 
eats, you know, $12 mini pints of ice cream and gets pissed off when someone, you know, shits on her driveway. Well, she lives in a town that has the largest number of homeless people. Fix your problem at home and before you start fixing everyone else. We just signed a a budget where we're borrowing money from China so we can send fi- uh, foreign aid to China. How's that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not saying there's any logic. Hey, Craig, that. hey, each of you loan me 40 bucks so I can <laughs> give you 30. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Sounds yeah, like a good well, business sounds like deal a good for business you. Deal for somebody. Well, um, <laughs> with that is, they don't care that they're signing the budget because it's not coming from their wallet. It's coming from. Oh yeah, no, they well, don't pay for it. I think the first thing to do to get a balanced budget, and part of this, you know, the COVID thing, uh, I think is China's fault. I think it came out of Wuhan, China. I, I agree with President Trump on that. I do think that's where it came from. Yeah. But I don't think he mishandled it. I don't think anyone could have handled it any differently with the people behind the scenes undermining it. Doesn't matter which party it would have been. If it had been Democrats in charge, the outcome would have been the same because the people behind the scenes undermine whoever's in office. They're con- they're constantly yeah, they're, fighting each other. It's not yeah. for the benefit benefit of our country. They're, it's for the benefit of their bottom line. Absolutely. So, the these people just have no concept of what's going on on the ground in their communities. You know. Yeah. Mike Pence, who people I know that know him say he's a wonderful person. But he has no idea what it's like to live in uh, Decatur, Indiana, or French Lick, Indiana anymore. He knows what it's no. like to live in Indianapolis in the capital as the governor. The mansion. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to pump a gallon of gas or use a debit card. Yeah. Um, when's the last time he had to worry about paycheck to paycheck and not getting paid because of COVID? Never. I think that's a big issue that we're seeing regardless of, of party is a, a lot of these people are literally they're, they're born and they're, they're bred into being political people. And that's to me, that's a, as toxic as it comes to have a political cl- class of people that haven't ever actually gone through the, the real world shit, you know, oh. like it, it, we, we, we do talk shit about Bernie and AOC but if there is one thing I do respect of them, it's the fact that they actually come from the working class. I don't think people like Nancy Pelosi have come from the working class. I think she's been a party member her whole fucking life, and she's had everything handed to her. And she, we sit here and act like she's a powerful woman, and she came up from nothing. No, she fucking didn't. Yeah, she's been she was bred and raised for this. Yeah, AOC was actually a waitress, which I'll give her all kinds of props. Um. The uh, food service industry is not an easy job because you got to put up with idiots like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but I, and I ran restaurants, you know, before I went in the military. So I was an asshole of a boss because I expected perfection. 
I would have fired her as a waitress probably the second day she worked because she was just an idiot. But <laughs> people, people just need to take a step back, take a deep breath, get your concealed carry, put your flag up, and hold your politicians accountable. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what that that is about. all I can ask for from people, regardless of their party and their political beliefs, is fucking hold your people accountable. If you like as libertarians, if we see our party people fucking up, if we see, you know, like a certain party leaders that are kissing ass and not following to the rhetoric of the libertarian party, then they need to be held accountable and they need to be removed just as much. So for the Democrats, whenever they see their party leader that talks about peace and caring and loving and shit like that, and they fucking send us into another war to bomb, to bomb the shit out of brown kids that have nothing to do with us. That's counterintuitive to your whole party and your whole belief structure. Same thing goes with Republicans. If you're fucking selling out to big industries and shit like that, you are going against what you supposedly represent. Definitely. I mean, we just sent troops back into Syria. Why? Because China wants us there. China's always wanted us in Syria. Um, People don't realize the backdoor bullshit that we do for other countries and we've always done it we're, we're since world war ii we have been the world's policemen um that's it, it's so wrong that we do some of the things that we do uh, we blame other countries for our for problems for another country when it's not i mean it's just so mind-boggling some of the things that we have done and seen. You know, and I, I say this jokingly, but it's pretty true. If the American people saw how the military actually run, they'd be scared to death that we're in charge. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Just the 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 shit that they have us do just because they're in charge and they don't know what to do is mind boggling. How about buying a Humvee because you're one fucking letter off? Or one number off? What the? You know what? <laughs> I have heard that. A, a $600 toilet seat, and those are real. I mean, I've done it. Uh, we came back in off of deployment. Uh, we came back in from uh, the Middle East, and we dumped a helo over the side because we were supposed to lose one, and we didn't. So we had to figure out which helo to dump. Well, oh, yeah. We stripped everything off that son of a bitch we could, and we dumped the carcass over the side. Hey, we lost the helo. We sure the hell sold some parts <laughs> to other ships. <laughs> so it, it, we ended up like triple paying for it. Oh. We paid for the initial one. We paid for the replacement. And then we paid the money to the ships to pay for those parts for that one that we'd already paid for. Oh, That's yes. fucking beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. But, you know, we had scroungers back in the day that, you know, we would we would do things like that. You know, um, Lane, your ship needed this, and Craig, your ship needed this, and my ship had it, and I would trade it to Lane, and Lane would trade it to Craig, and I'm getting paid, Craig's getting paid, Lane's getting, and somebody's getting fucked, and you know who it is? It's the American people. See, always the American people that have to pay the price because we have to backdoor the systems to get the parts we needed. And I and with with the the government being out of touch. I think we need to introduce and 
run for election because then you don't have the same person in office for 40, 50 years. You have new people coming in. Hey, this is what I did a living before I came to Congress. This is where I know we need to improve and we need to do better here mm-hmm. and we can relax on this, this, and this because we're, we've got an abundance of this, this, and this. So I think if we yep. we do set term limits for Congress, Senate, governors, all these other people who lose touch, the country would be better off just for the simple fact you have normal people coming in saying, hey, this is what's fucked up. This is what we need to change. And the next person, they can they can go on it too. Hey, we're doing better here where so-and-so, my predecessor, did. So now we can focus on this new thing instead of focusing, well, we need to give ourselves a pay raise because I need that new Bentley that just came out. And what's funny is I don't think that that's a, it's a partisan issue at all because, because I, I haven't talked to a single person that has had an issue with the concept of term limits across the board. Like nobody, nobody of the working class human beings has a problem no, with that. No. But you know who who would be responsible for enacting a rule or law like that? Congress and Senate. The people, that, yeah, the people that would be inversely affected by that. So you think they're going to fucking give that up? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because they're more focused on being a career politician than they are actually serving as the political ambassadors of. Their position. Well, when, when politicians, George Washington and Jefferson and all them, took office, their intent was never to be a career politician. And if you go back, I mean, it, it may be hard for you guys to go back and figure this out because of cancer, of cancel society or whatever the hell they're calling this shit. They changed the, the fucking rules on the history books. But yeah, they went for their term. They went back to their farms. They went back to their office. They didn't stay in wherever forever. Yeah, they they were a different kind of people, though. They actually uh, they knew the issues of people sitting on the sitting on the throne for too long. They knew that 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 corrupts the mind. That's the reason we are a democracy and not a dictatorship or a. Uh, Oligarchy. Or a what? Or an oligarchy or monarchy. something like that. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, we're not a monarchy. We're not a dictatorship. We're sure as hell not supposed to be a communist country, which we're turning. Yeah, and then once... Until you get enough people in those seats of power that say, hey, we need to realize we've lost touch and we need to set term limits. Nothing's going to change because the only other way to do it is a coup. And that's not going to be beneficial for our country. Cause if there no. is said coup, then you have to worry about other countries saying, Hey, America is weak right now. There's a giant civil war going on. Let's go in there and see what we can't screw up as well. And then we another Middle Eastern country that goes through a war for the next hundred years because of 
something that we had internally. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I think the, uh, the, the riots in the Capitol there, if there was one good outcome of that, and, and I need you to hear me out on okay. this, right? It was, it was a reminder to Congress and the people up in their ivory tower that they are not safe from a pissed off people. It, it was a healthy reminder. It was a healthy fucking check that we will kick your goddamn door in if you're not representing people. Regardless of whether you're representing the Democratic side or the Republican side, right? Right. That conversation is outside of that office, oh. right? But when you're not representing either side and you're not representing the people anymore, then you you will get your shit pushed in. And I, I think that was kind of a uh, yes. almost a necessary reminder. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. That's about all I got. What what else have you guys got? You got any more PowerPoints? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, there's always more we can go into, but I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk for the next 18 hours. Yeah, well, you know, I can talk forever, but uh, I do, I just want to thank you guys for you know inviting me on. I uh, I like being the plank owner of the uh, podcast. <laughs> First thing <I> had. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, we're, we're glad to have you here, man. Yeah, and it's always it's good always to hear from you good again. to hear from you and other people that have different differentiating um, outlooks on things. Because I mean, that's how we learn as a community and a society. So I mean, that's kind of been our our kind of standoff all with this podcast is getting people to understand that hey, you can still be friends, colleagues, family, whatever. And still have diff- different views on things. And well, I've had some healthy. Uh, I've had some healthy arguments with some family. And uh, but at the end of the day, you're still family. So, right. I mean, as much as we hate the Marine Corps, you know, publicly, where everybody thinks we hate the Marine Corps. <laughs> if there's a fight and there's a Marine involved, I got his back. I got his six. Right. And I don't care what what branch you're in. If you need help, I got your six. And I, th- I think it's uh, it's about high time that we start trying to have that mentality just with our American brothers and sisters as a whole. I know that I know that sounds like fucking uh, lovey-dovey come together bullshit, but I, I think we need we do need more of that right now because we're so divided and so hostile towards our own yeah. people, which is that's, that's something new in this country that we haven't been that way for a long time to where you don't, you can't trust your neighbor. It used to be if your neighbor needed help, you went over and helped your neighbor. So, but I got your six and I think I've taught my kids that you always have your your family six first and then you get your neighbor six if they need it in your community and you just keep going in the ripple effect. Yeah. So it's the way to be. All right, Ken. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Anytime. Man. It was a good time. Good conversation. I'm here anytime. You know. You know how to get a hold of me. Cool.